Good day. Hi. Welcome to the podcast uh, where we will be speaking with Ray Potter, who is in sunny California. Um, it was fantastic to have him on the podcast. Uh, you may wonder, what are we going to talk about? Um, no one travels. Uh, no one talks about the environment at the moment. Well, that may be so, but the environmental problems are still there. We have a virus problem, we have racism, we have economic inequality. Um, what Ray is going to explain is his uh, way, his solution, a new world of real-time, regenerative, um, resource-based, living, breathing economy in sync with ecology. So what he says is we need better ways of creating exchange. Um, I thought it was very interesting, the conversation. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Ray Potter. So, um, yeah, I'm talking uh, with, with Ray Potter and very happy to have you here on the show. And um, we uh, obviously have been introduced by, by Lars, Lars, Lars Ling. Uh, welcome, first of all. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. And, um, and I'm looking forward to our conversation to follow. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. How do you know Lars? How do you know him? So uh, I met Lars at uh, Nordic Impact Week. Mm -hmm. back almost three and a half years ago uh, uh -huh. in in sweden mm -hmm. so he just reached out and uh and then we connected and then i was a keynote speaker at his event and then we became fast friends after that uh and since then and um and very much shared similar values and uh so we've just uh, been collaborating on multiple levels mm -hmm. um but been in touch and want to see this kind of uh, a uh, more beautiful world emerged together, especially yeah. during these times. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, you just mentioned uh, to me, because you saw in my background about um, communities and volunteering and uh, tree planting, you just mentioned something uh, about communities and tree planting. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're going through um, a transitional time, the extraordinary times that we're going through right now, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, and some the 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 coin term uh vuca you know um uh you know volatility uncertainty um <clears throat> complexity and ambiguity it kind of it, it is all around us mm -hmm. so so one of the key things now is where do we have a connection uh and that comes ultimately comes back to the land and so we've been developing these using these emerging technologies, reframing them in a different way to actually create um, decentralized, sovereign, self-governing communities. So that's been part of that's been that's been our work, and we've been working with a lot of projects on the ground. Mm -hmm. What we are realizing is that if we don't have freehold or sovereign access to the land. A lot of these things are likely to uh, not see the light of day or live out to its full potential. So kind of what we're coming to is a really integrated model that essentially uh, takes pieces of these land trusts, these protected lands, mm -hmm. and uh, use them in a kind of a multi-use things, but in a network sense, not in a one-off sense, but in a network sense. Okay, what do you and mean by that? So uh, networks are really interesting, right? Yeah. So networks um, represent kind of the two tensions that we see in the world today. You know, one is the, the, the tension of having individual accountability and trustability that we have in kind of small communities and with each other. And then the other thing is the economies of scale, kind of why you need centralization or con concerted effort. So networks address both of these things simultaneously. Uh, and for example, if I'm, uh, if I'm a member of a network mm -hmm. and let's say I'm a small farmer. Okay. So on my own, I don't have access to credit that I need to run my farm. So I take high interest loans and I'm subject to basically trying to make it out there on my own. I may have issues like, uh, regulatory licenses and other kinds of things that I can't afford. I may not have access to a network of markets or off takers, et cetera. So on my own, I'm very vulnerable, but if I join with a network, then the network has collective leverage, collective credit worthiness, collective buying power, many things that the network can offer me. 
So mm-hmm. similarly, a lot of conservation efforts and a lot of efforts around protecting biodiversity, mm-hmm. creating regional resilience, all of these kinds of things. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, when their NGO projects in and of themselves are alone, uh, they have a hard time scaling. And I would say, uh, as we know, that over the last 50 years of the environmental movement, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've made some, we've created a lot of awareness, but yet uh, we've actually gone backwards uh, it, to some extent. Right. Is, is that what you mean when you mention uh, on your website and in your articles, living, breathing economy in sync with ecology? Is that what you're aiming at? That's a, yes, that's exactly right. Okay. So the idea is that the economy is disconnected from ecology, mm-hmm. partly because this this we're looking at it through a lens of it's either this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's either control over our natural environment, yeah. uh, or it's you know let let nature take its course. And I think uh, it's it's much it's more of a symbiosis between these two forces Mm -hmm. and so and that's a that's a longer topic to unpack yeah uh, because it's uh and 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 i would want to get into that a little deeper with you Mm -hmm. but in terms of what we're talking about basically creating a network of multi-use land trust creating parcels and using those parcels as kind of stable shares Mm -hmm. where we layer uh digital value both uh, social game mechanics and the digital value on top of it, yeah. uh, so that is vertically integrated. So now that has value long term, rather than kind of what's happening now. And you know, I'll talk about like we dive deeper into, into what's happening in capital. Sounds markets. like a totally new model, though. Fundamentally, yes. Fundamentally, it's an integrated model in how we think of economics mm-hmm. and how we uh, how we think of engaging with the natural world in a way that's um, that's replenishing, regenerative, and resilient. Right. Um, right. Has it been has it been done before, or did you get it uh, from another model? Did you replicate it from somewhere else, or is this something that that um, um, you have come up with with other people um, out of the blue? Uh, I think there's been a lot of groundwork that's mm-hmm. been laid and for years, you know, so there's been uh, great thinkers and strategists. So there's a lot of these kinds of uh, plans towards living into this reality. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think we have the ideal mix of things. We both have the, we have now the ability to have real-time feedback and we have uh, the socioeconomic or geopolitical conditions for this to take root. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very interesting kind of mixing of these two sensibilities coming at it both from an information management point of view mm-hmm. as well as just reconnecting to real relationships as old fragile systems are stressed and start to break down as we're seeing now through this pandemic. So you, you call it um, in, in on your websites and on your articles, you call it a shared prosperity socioeconomic reality. Yeah, quite simply, like we, I call, we call it the economy. Oh, economy, and the, same thing. The though, o, or? Yeah, the, the idea of the mm-hmm. O is essentially put this two, two things in balance. So uh, so let's take, for example, uh, the idea that we have today that, that runs the GDP-based economy, mm-hmm. which is the, essentially the idea of an index and a reserve, right? Mm-hmm. So a reserve, a reserve currency, reserve, if you think about it, it's more like uh, pre-sales of future IOUs. Mm-hmm. That's really what the money supply is. That's why today money is based on issuing debt. So I'm telling you in the future, this will be worth something. And here's a ticket that represents that. Mm -hmm. So we have this idea of currency, which is not what we can currently see. And that's the irony of it. So that is what we call reserves. That is the money in your bank account. That is even the first round of what people tried with crypto. Uh, It it was just a projection of a future that hasn't manifested yet. Right. So you're talking about basically what you talk about as well in your article, the institutional capital that's sitting on the sidelines. 
Correct. The institutions that capital are sitting on the sidelines mm-hmm. and, and the choices that they have, uh, and I'll uh, let's put a pin in it for a second and we'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. But, and so against a reserve, we have an index or indices. So mm-hmm. GDP is one of those indices, which says that we will produce these certain outcomes uh, based on these promises that we made with this reserve. Now, when these two things are in sync, now you have an economy. But in reality, what we do now is this, these two things are in silos. That's why majority of the money supply today is futures and derivatives. They're guesses on what the future value would be, and you're trading based on those guesses. Mm-hmm. Today, when we talk about equity, for example, like in your home, you're not talking about uh, really your share of the regenerative capacity of the land or the real use value of your property. What you're talking about is what this property will rent at in the future. Mm-hmm. So you are basically buying equity into a future projection of this distorted model. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is put it back in harmony, put it back in balance so that there's a real-time feedback between the promise and the performance. Right, but obviously if it's on the sidelines, if it's not uh, not in use, then it's almost like a security. That's almost that you have, basically, no matter what. Whereas if you put it in, in, in use, then it's not a security anymore, is it? Yeah, well, there's a different way of looking at security and utility. And in mm-hmm. fact, you know, in our modern world, we have many instances of this exact same thing, where you have future agreements or a future security known in the present. So for example, when you have airline miles or gift cards or you know things of that nature, yeah. where there's an agreement to towards a product or service that I can access that is independent of the mechanisms of market or price, right? So I made an agreement, the miles are good as those miles. I can travel this distance based on those miles. So the agreement to do something very specific exists today. Mm-hmm. Now, Coming back to the value of land integrated into the future of investments, this I think is very critical right now because what we have now is, uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a great quote by uh, Alexander Dumas, you know, the the Three Musketeers guy, okay. and he said, "All of human wisdom could be summed up in two words, which is wait and hope." <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so right now we have this thing, we're going through this time where things are uncertain. You know, you have a series of systemic catastrophes. First, now this is this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Next, you have uh, disruptions in the supply chain. Next, you have some huge global recession looming. Then you have climate crisis. And then who knows what extinction, you know, we're in this kind of really weird scenario. All in 2020, indeed. Yeah. But it's been iterating for quite some time, as you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, we, so we've so we just come to, and that's the thing. So we hoped things would be okay, yeah. you know, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was the, that was the best of our wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're waiting for things to turn. And then now you run into a series of unfortunate events that are just only escalating and getting exponentially more complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, in this kind of a scenario, where is the stable point here? You know, how do we secure, how do we move forward from here? So in, in, the, in the instruments that we've created, you know, as I mentioned, the idea of a reserve is pre-sales of IOUs, right? Mm-hmm. So the pre-sales have to be satisfied by offtakes, if I'm using business language. Okay. Right? So, it's, so somebody has to agree that this, I'm going to deliver against this. That part, because it's largely missing in the way our organizational systems work. So right now, if you are sitting on money, it's very precarious. Where do you put it? Because right now, your choices are, so let's say, and again, it depends on who you are. So if you are high net worth individual, or if you are a family office, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have lots of cash to be deployed, you are primarily interested in security. What we've created, essentially what we've created is a a system of rents. You know, you are basically on the food chain of paying a landlord uh, of, you know, metaphorical landlord or actual landlord all the way up the food chain. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have something that in a scenario like this, when things are disrupted, then everyone on the food chain is suffering. We need a system of co-investing or co-stewardship into what we're doing 
we can't do that at a mass scale. You cannot turn around uh, an oil tanker, you know, at a 90 degree angle. That doesn't work. No. Uh, so we have to do it at the edges where we can account for this end to end. We can account for the land. We can account for the activity on the land. We can account for the social interaction or the governance uh, of that activity. And we can account for our contribution relative to it. And that's kind of the design of the economy that we're applying in very specific use cases. And, and you know, over the last few years, we've learned a lot. And, and you talk about sharing economy services and you give examples like Uber and Airbnb, um, they're matching needs uh, in networks in real time. You want to do the same thing, correct? Yes, but with the key difference. So here's the thing, both the driver and passenger, they lose out mm -hmm. because ultimately it's about the financiers of Uber making money. We don't have co-ownership of it, but there's many good things about the Uberization of many things, the Uber model. Mm -hmm. So when we have a co-equity based Uber model, yep. that's a very different thing. In, in the case of Uber, mm -hmm. you have passengers and drivers rate each other. So they are accountable to each other. Um, you know, many things could be said about that rating systems. You know, I think there was sure there's always good and bad. Yeah, of course, there's yeah. good and bad about that. But one thing is really interesting about it is that you know you can't you can't go beyond human scale. A driver cannot basically be the driver for all the passengers at, in Uber, and a passenger cannot uh, experience every single dr driver who's driving for Uber. Mm -hmm. So. There's a, there's a human scale accountability mm -hmm. versus provider and the patron. Now, if you take this model and you create a co-investing model and you do it for the way we manage capital and the way we manage equity, that's a very different thing. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, Uber and Airbnb, they make a certain amount of money out of each transaction that takes place. If you're talking about shared economy and share co-investing uh, platform, would that work the same way? Or how, how do we see that? I think the way to look at that is um, when we are sharing between one another, what are we sharing towards? So as I mentioned, networks offer uh, kind of a fundamentally, it, the, the networks help us bridge these two different worlds, these two tensions that we feel in the world today, mm -hmm. which is individual accountability and quality that we get in our personal relationships between two people or between in a family that is very, um, or in a, in a startup, those things are very tangible and present. Okay. Yep. Soon as yet, but they cannot deliver economies of scale. We cannot produce things at a very low cost. We cannot distribute things very efficiently. Um, so we lose out on multiple efficiencies. So this is quality versus quantity. Networks, if there, if we create accounting mechanisms, not if we create, when we create, because mm -hmm. we're actually doing this now on the ground, when we create accountable mechanisms for how we manage identity, how we manage matching, uh, satisfies both of these things it satisfies economies of scale and individual accountability by the design of how we um, put these accountability tools to practice right and you, you talk about sharing circles as well hey? and you talk about starting to earn um, once you get matched with sharing circles how, how do how do you see that yeah sharing circles again it's about human-sized uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. So in all of our networks, and which is something that we're finding now mm -hmm. in during these kind of really volatile times, is that I'm not 100% sure which source of information to trust, right. because it's coming from both of these agendas. One agenda is to centralize and control. The other agenda is to uh, basically say, no, we don't like the system and everything is a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. okay? Both of these things are in the two polar extremes and they're not, they're not necessarily true. The truth is always in between, which we know in our personal relationships. You may take one extreme point of view, I may take another extreme point of view, yeah. but we have a yeah. conversation and then we find a common ground. Sure, or you, you find a circle of people who think uh, similar to 
how you think yourself. And that's maybe what you mean by sharing circles, where you basically get matched with other people in a circle in, in your in your platform, in your framework. Yeah, so you get matched with people um, yeah. and you use the power of technology to do this matching right. in a much very, very effective way. So if, if we are both given a choice between, you know, door A and door B, Yeah. Uh, and you know, how we make those choices kind of determines our value set. Okay. So in, in order to do anything effective, you need multiple types of sensibilities. You need people who can kind of direct the way forward. You need people that can, uh, hold the space and create a, a harmon harmonized environment. Mm -hmm. You need people who can source uh, resources into that space Uh, you need people who can count, you know, what is happening to measure progress mm -hmm. and you need people to be able to secure agreements with the outside world from that. So these kinds of five core skills is what generally makes an organization work very, very well. Mm -hmm. And you as an individual may be missing three of those five or two of those five. And the thing is, if, if we focus towards a very specific outcome that is manageable, like mm -hmm. for example, now, uh, you know, I, a certain supply is not available from a mainstream retailer and I need that kind of supply. Who will I turn to? I will turn to my trusted network or right. certain information or communication I don't trust. I need to understand it from people that are close to the source and they can give me some validity to what, you know, what I believe trying, if I'm trying to get to the truth. Mm, that's that sounds sounds good it's also sounds very much like like almost like an incubator um for you know where you guys are startup and um you know everyone helps each other with uh, different sides of 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 what you're trying to achieve um do can i make that comparison or yes uh, absolutely and and incubators are are interesting right so because they are a safe space for people mm -hmm. to share because they're they're working towards the same outcome Yeah. What's interesting is once the thing is baked, then you have to put that out in the mechanism of market. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden your friends who are in the incubator now become your competitors, mm. possibly. Yeah. The only, the only thing is there's no big companies. There's never really success stories coming out of an incubator. And obviously that doesn't sound exactly right, then, does it? Or... The, yes. And that, that's, that's kind of the problem of scale. So how do you design for this from its very inception? So that from the very beginning of how we create membership uh, and how we create accountability in the way we learn or create things together, mm -hmm. when you solve for that, then what the value that is generated in an incubator can not only scale, but it can also be held if let's say your project wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the people are to be thrown away or the innovations or solutions are to be thrown away. Mm -hmm. They are actually part of network value that we can tap back into again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So nothing is lost in a scenario like this. Right. But so you talk about sharing sharing data or putting data all together to um, obviously get results at a certain point, sharing resources, sharing wisdom. Uh, creating a community to share values and, and wealth uh, as well, I, I, I read. Um, how do you keep a, a competitive edge if you do that? How can you, because you, obviously you live in America, right? And uh, everything there is about competing and being better than someone else. It seems to go against the grain almost. It, well, here's the thing. So I think we are now going through an evolutionary shift Mm -hmm. in socioeconomics and geopolitics in general. We can, we're seeing that play out right now. So the American narrative of kind of individual pioneers, uh, individual success, a very mm -hmm. individualistic culture, yeah. um, has, has its plus points, uh, and yet uh, there's a lot of issues against that as we're seeing in, in, in this, um, in, in how the world is playing out and even how America is now perceived on the global stage. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for me, I've never really identified with being, uh, American or, you know, I, I was born and I grew up a part of my early formative years in India. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't identify myself with an Indian or American or any one nation state identity. 
as mm-hmm. such. Um, I, I see that we are evolving into a network society where w- our identity is defined by the networks that we are uh, co-contributors in or, or members of. And obviously the value you bring to a network as well. And what if there's members that do not bring value to the to the network or to the circle? What happens? Right. And so the part of this is, okay, so one, you asked about competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so these, these kind of isms based on uh, two opposite ends of this polarity. Mm-hmm. One is, okay, competition is the way forward. Okay. And then the other might say, no, uh, cooperation is the way forward or cooperation is our natural form. In a family, let's say two siblings may compete for attention and one sibling is favored a little more than the other. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the metaphor of one sibling is more profitable than the other, right? Now, it, it, from from the collective resources. However, everyone eats at the dinner table. It's not like just because, you know, Billy did it homework and Jane did not, uh, we don't exclude Jane from accessing the family's resources. That is very cooperative and very, very much egalitarian in that sense. Mm-hmm. So... One is the limit for the other, and the same thing is true in nature. And nature has limits. So nothing just grows out of control. That's when you have a cancer on the system. So that's why you see yourself as a family, a global family of impact uh, innovators? Well, the, 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 that statement, you know, again, you know, on a website, you make general statements. Sure, to sure, kind of sure. But I mean, we're talking about a family as a, as a basically a mid-middle way uh, between, uh, um, or let's say, a very uh, extreme society. It can be communist society. And you're talking about society where it's really all about, you know, competition and uh, who turns out to, to be the best. Um, so you're talking about a family where people can still sit at the table and share resources. So that, that that's basically what, what um, I saw on your website as well. Um, but at a certain point, you would say, would, would, would people of some not say, is that, is that not a socialist way of thinking outside of your family, but still sharing things and um, not knowing where it ends up and losing, losing, losing your data? Well, okay, so there, there's several layers to that question that you just asked. Of course. So, <laughs> so, uh, right? So, so, okay, so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. All so, right. yes, so uh, what I'm suggesting from a, from a very much, um, uh, let's say, soul to solution to society, you know, this, so, this, so, so there is layers to this, right? So at the core, intuitively, we all feel most of us mm-hmm. that are not sociopaths or psychopaths kind of people. <laughs> that, that, Thank you, you for know, bringing that up. <laughs> right. There is that. So there is that deviance uh-huh. that, in the, that, that, that could go into one extreme. But yeah. however, uh, you know, it's, um, we, we are all one family under the stars. You know, I, I think there's a general spiritual agreement on that from various traditions. Okay. So that, that is, that is true. Now, how you, express that you know what is interesting about that is that is where is the limit of tribalism and how does that translate so uh, robert sapolsky who's a great scientist from from stanford he you know he's lived with um uh, primates for 30 some years and he really closely studied primate behavior which is very much true for us in order for us to have the the biochemical bonding, you know, the, the dopamine, the serotonin, the oxytocin that runs through our bodies to make us feel good and, and deepen connection between one another. We need this concept of the other. So this is, we are like this and the other is those people. So, and this is, this is kind of inherent to who we are as, as people, as civilization, as, as homo sapiens. It's all about managing context. Is understanding which layer are we talking about and what are the ways to hold that space in a way that it makes sense to the majority of people. And you'll notice this when people that are, um, are public figures and you know, they communicate a message to a mass audience, mm-hmm. one of the key things is they're tapping into things that are universally common. 
you know, whether it be a comedian or a performer or a musician, the thing that they talk about or their subject matter mm-hmm. are universal subject matter. The wider your audience is, the more universal the subject matter is. Either you're selling a message of hope or really what it comes down to is, uh, is the message of love, which is something that we all yearn for, all have connection towards, means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But when you tap into that emotion, everything is kind of equalized. So are you for love or are you for fear? <laughs> you know, maybe okay. that's the way to reframe family. Fair enough, fair enough. And then you say as well, um, well, we cannot fight nature. Uh, we are nature. We cannot fight the system uh, because the system is simply you and me. Um, well, not sure, not sure. I mean, you know, it seems like we're fighting nature all the time, isn't it? Again, this comes back down to this balance, right? Uh-huh. So we are in order, we cannot survive if we let the natural world take its course. So right. we have to have uh, some, some negotiation with the natural world in order for our survival. We need to, like even, even the process of agriculture, growing our food, yeah. it, is, it is a negotiation with the natural world rather than foraging. We would not survive as a civilization if we just foraged. We talk about this idea of network of networks, but really what we're saying is a different iteration of the existing model. We project the past paradigm into the present because we don't really have a framework for it as yet. That's mm-hmm. why, like the you know, the first movies look like um, look like stage productions. Sure, sure. And you you're creating that framework, that new economy, and you're doing that from the edges. You're doing that from the edges and connecting the center. So mm-hmm. the point that I was trying to make about the network of networks is what right now what we're doing is we're saying an individual has a membership into a network. Well, that's no different than an individual making a deal with the state. The state is a construct. Mm-hmm. The construct offers certain value. And, and myself as a citizen is making a contract with the state to exchange that value. I mm-hmm. will produce certain things and you will give me certain rights. Sure. You, so you do, do create stronger networks. Right. So, so, so if you and I join together, mm-hmm. then we are co-investors. So I enroll in you, yep. you enroll in me, yep. and we are co-investors in each other's network. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't look like an agreement, like a citizenship, or that doesn't look like an agreement, like, uh, you know, the terms and conditions that you get when you, um, on your, on your iPhone. Or, is it a membership? Um, it is a membership, yeah. but the membership terms are between you and I. So right. what is the, the critical piece of that technically yep. is how we manage identity how we manage identity and what is identity and data sovereignty mean mm-hmm. in a world like this. Okay. Who am I and how is that identified and how, what information am I, am I sharing with whom for what purpose? Uh, one of the easiest way to scale cooperation is co-investment and co-investment is, is when our fates are tied together. I'm in it with you now. Mm-hmm. And Together, you know, as your capacity grows, my access to that capacity grows. Or as, as my capacity grows, your access to that capacity grows. Mm-hmm. And we're both enriched uh, as a result. Absolutely. And I, I like that. I like that. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like that. Or that want to say, well, I would rather see my capacity grow um, and yours grow less, as a matter of fact. Because then I, my capacity grows much faster and my capital grows much faster. Yes. And that's and, a different and, world, isn't it? That's the opposite. Basically. It's pretty much the American way. That is, another, I wouldn't just say the American way. That is, the, that is a modality that we're running in, that, that's actually running into its limits now. That's what's playing out now because it's not just Americans, it's everyone who is starting to think that it's all about me and it yeah. was never about you to begin with. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and you're, so you're I, saying the, exactly the opposite. You say together we're stronger. And uh, that, that, that seems to be. Yeah, a more social, social way, and it might very well have certain, uh, certain um, effects uh, as well, good effects. But at the same time, you can also say, well, it has been tried, it has been tried before, it didn't succeed at that point. 
Correct. And so I'm not, I'm not coming at it from, from a, a psycho-spiritual or, or a philosophical plane as such. Mm-hmm. that we ought to be doing this because that sensibility has been around for a long, long time. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it's always, uh, you know, history is written by the victor. Right. So, so the, so the modality of yes, it's about me and, and my control and my empire, mm-hmm. that's kind of what dictates the, the model that civilization runs under. So this is kind of what we've been doing to date. And what I'm saying is there's a balance. There's a middle way mm-hmm. when you use our tools to manage these contexts. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a different way of managing your identity. There's a different way of managing matching with people that are going to help you mm-hmm. in a different way of seeing what your collective power is. So this is a lot of what our collective capacity is, is not visible to us. Mm-hmm. We cannot see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because we can't see it, it creates uh, a kind of a distortion in the, in the space. So what I'm saying is not competition versus cooperation. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's both. Yeah, it's a middle, middle, middle way is what you're what you're aiming for. Um, you, you mentioned somewhere as well, um, country like Venezuela, and uh, I remember that uh, Chavez also was talking at that point about a middle way, a way of people working together. But then what ended uh, up is him basically taking all the money away, putting it in some foreign bank account, and the people there are pretty much still starving at the moment. Uh, while it's one of the richest countries in in Latin America. Uh, so I'm just wondering, maybe clarity of how people could uh, work together in your way could help prevent people seeing it as um, going in a certain direction that's a negative direction. Yeah, and and, and this is this is part of again. Uh, Sorry to bring it up, but I just thought you know. No, absolutely. So control versus uh, caring. Yeah. Right. And, and so and the irony of it is, and this is kind of what happened in you know, the, the, the 20th century experiments in communism and socialism as well. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it ended up be- becoming a few people who think they are smarter than everyone else mm-hmm. uh, took control using instruments that does, do not create any form of uh, measurable accountability. So it, it's kind of like the mob going to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right, they're killing during the week, and they're going to church on Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. for redemption. Yeah, yeah. Right, so so a lot of these people are speaking a narrative that is very benevolent and that is to help the people and mm-hmm. all of that. But ultimately, they're looking out for their own self interest. Absolutely, because that, 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 is, that is very difficult, and that that's why I'm just wondering. You talk about shared data, but shared data means the data is not yours anymore and who has access to this data like Chavez had access to the money that came out of the oil fields in Venezuela and how secure is this data and can anyone grab this data and have access to it or do you have to pay for it are people making money on this data this shared data how does it work in your world so so two things number one construct is we are transitioning from the world of fiat which is a projection-based idea of money with Mm -hmm. very little accountability for its performance. That basic design construct is immediately addressed in the way we have set up our our token strategy and how that transitions from the world of fiat into the world of uh, real-time exchanges or real-time agreement. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a barter economy? I'm talking about in in symbiosis because nothing happens overnight sure is, is, that, is those agreements are different for each um each group that you uh, go into because you're talking about sharing each group, circles each individual each, each circle, yes it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's more like uh, how we negotiate friendships right so they're yeah. not set in stone mm-hmm. they're more uh, of based on mutuality that we have a we have a shared outcome we have a shared risk and a shared prosperity now in terms of the data part today there's two modalities on how we look at data management. Mm-hmm. One is to create efficiencies of control. In other words, uh, forms of surveillance, you know, where we go, okay, these are the citizens. They made a contract with us for, with the state and the state is going to offer you certain types of protection and, and, and security and certain types of things. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to manage that, 
we need to look at everything that you're doing everywhere that you're doing it. We need mm-hmm. to manage every single movement that you're making. And we know who you are, where you live, what you've done, what you did as a child to what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. All of this is recorded as part of who your profile is. Now, those experiments are effective to some extent, but dangerous and potentially, you know, like George Orwell's 1984 scenario, Mm -hmm. we're headed into that type of a reality where it is already shown that those kinds of centralized databases are more and more susceptible to, um, to fragility, meaning that they're susceptible to attack, they're susceptible to um, corruption, mm-hmm. and we see this play out in the world. So, for example, in, in India, we have this idea of this idea called Aadhaar card. Okay, And the Aadhaar card is, uh, a, is biometrics of every citizen, and you can't open up a bank account or have a, have a phone or in, any of these kinds of uh, access services without having an Aadhaar card. This is managed in a centralized database and in a, in a place like that where people's livelihoods are at stake mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to feed and take care of this growing economy, there's a lot of corruption in that space already. So yeah. from the so that in that in that space alone, people are selling private information openly on WhatsApp. But you want to share data. In order to share data, the data has to be available and has to be somehow in the cloud. Uh, And at that point as well, it makes it insecure, doesn't it? No, no, and that's no. And so, so, so so fundamentally, the structure of the data. There's two things. One is uh, the volume of the volume of data. Okay, so part of what creates data volume Mm -hmm. is measuring things that are probably not necessary to measure. How you design the data has a lot to do with how much data you need to record. Mm-hmm. So, so what we've designed, we are what we create is proof of cooperation or proof of performance. Mm-hmm. Almost like a receipt, basically. Or... Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, basically, basically it's, it's, the, it's the thing that we want to negotiate with the network. Just like in a, uh, in a, in a personal relationship, we have yeah. many types of transactions. You know, one day you and I don't like each other, and another day we're best of friends because you know we had a great time together. So you only share the data that's necessary to be shared. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. So okay. you, you share the data that is necessary to be shared mm-hmm. in the context that it needs to be shared, right. and then by sharing that, what you are sharing with the network is a pattern, but not necessarily who you are, where you live, what you've done before, those are not necessary elements mm-hmm. to make that decision. What okay. is necessary to make that decision regardless, is the context of that decision. This is done in what we call node networks and ultimately super node networks mm-hmm. where every individual is a node. We only share with the network what the network needs to know in order for the network to offer some feedback or value that is going to mm-hmm. help us make better decisions. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, that said, um, well, before you spoke with me today, um, you checked out my background a little bit from what I understand. So that has to be available to you. And you also checked out the brief that I sent you and made some comments on that as well. So that's already information that I shared with you to have a conversation, correct? Correct. And and so, exactly. So so relative to this conversation, mm-hmm. I have some background. Now, sure. uh, let's did say... Did you check you me out on to... LinkedIn or did you check me out on Facebook or Twitter or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I basically yeah. scanned, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. various things that, that... So you have an idea. Yeah. But again, this is our first meeting. So, sure. you know, it, it will be a different conversation yeah. when we have, have this conversation again in another context, you know... Um, so we are applying this principle, for example, in how we're managing uh, preventative health care in this COVID management space. Mm-hmm. So we're actually doing this as one of the test projects. Okay. We're also using this in the way we create food security, how to put small farmers, smallholder farmers yep. and informal entrepreneurs back to work and giving them the access to these network tools. So that's another use case that we're doing. And then mm-hmm. the third one we're doing is around habitats. Uh, okay. And this is the land thing that we started with, that how we bring it back full circle, how we manage data and how we manage relationships is everything. I don't need to report everything. 
Mm-hmm. You only you can only give away what you actually put into the system. Well, not only that, I think there's something intangible, like human relationships are inherently sacred. You know, this is why gentlemen don't discuss what happens in the bedroom. You know, that's just what it is. It's like, you know, like this is the say the relationship between myself and my beloved is something between me and her. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to discuss that publicly. Uh, and same thing with my close friendships, you know, like this person is my dear friend. How are we close friends? Y- you don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. You need to know that, that this person has my back and I have their back. And that, that makes for a trusted relationship. Uh, it's very, very interesting, I must say. Uh, yeah, um, we are already um, well, quite, quite a long way into this conversation as well. Um, I would. Um, where can people find you? Uh, where can people find out more about you, um, about your framework, um, about um, what you do? So, so I, you know, probably the easiest place to reach me because what we're doing now is mo- very much things on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go to uh, raypotter.com, yep. uh, it kind of outlines the different projects that we're a part of. And so our network evolution is a combination of many networks. And so we have a website for that at weareone.one. Yeah. And, yep. and so that is just right now, it's a temporary website, but we will be featuring a lot of our use cases. And right now, what is really, really critical is that we need to solve for immediate problems. We don't have really time for kind of philosophical projections. So, and we built some very powerful tools to be able to manage identity, to be able to manage matching using the best of quantum resistant DLT and AI technologies and conversational AI to reach underserved communities all around the world. Mm -hmm. The three key projects that we're doing. Number one, it is preventative health and medical identity management. Okay. A fundamentally different way of COVID management. And that solution is called MAP. Uh, and we will be announcing that you know, off the one site very soon. Uh, and the second project, which is, uh, which is a great, uh, which is kind of fundamental to food security mm-hmm. and community resilience. And this is our partnership with a group called KUZA. And they're at K-U-Z-A dot one. Okay. And KUZA uh, basically serves it empowers the people who power the planet. In other words, this is all of the smallholder farmers, informal entrepreneurs, people who work in factories, people who work in sanitation, so on. And they are looked at now through the current command and control lens as the last mile. These are customers or or borrowers we can't reach. We look at it completely the other way. These are not the last mile. These are the front lines. Mm -hmm. And they need to be supported so that the small farmer and the small entrepreneur can actually, because they already do provide value. They provide 80% of our food, 90% of everything we consume, et cetera. So Kuza is more for food and supply security. And then the third piece that we're doing, which I call uh, pieces of paradise. And this is what we started to talk about in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. which is the idea of integrating land trust into secure investments. What we are doing, which is creating accountable agreements, which capital represents, in other words, a real-time barter economy. And what we're doing is we're connecting all of these pieces together relative to the usefulness of lands that no one owns, but everyone stewards. Right. Who's going to determine that usefulness, if I may ask? Um... the, The clearest measure is, does this serve life or does this not serve life? So a lot of what these tools and matching and these narratives are doing is to reframe that, that together we have more benefits than individually. And so the whole point of stewarding these lands is to replenish them, regenerate them, mm-hmm. create value, uh, you know, beyond what we can do from extraction, mm-hmm. protect biodiversity and build resilient habitats or communities around them and create new industries around them. One of the things that we're going to find more and more is the localization of economies is going to be more and more common, but we need better ways of creating exchange. Uh, Exchange, you know, is really about feedback. So people donate, people invest, and people people, uh, trade, right? And so trade 
you can understand immediate benefit. You know, is tit for tat. Yeah. Invest is I put some resources towards a future outcome. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's like planting a tree together, and we're going to get the fruit. Yeah. And donation is I don't know what the future holds, uh, but I believe that you know, we're I'm going to put something towards a greater good. Now these things are separate in the way we look at things today. What we're trying to do is make. So when I invest in you, so when I'm enrolled in you and you're enrolled in me, this economy of me and you, we are actually creating a hybrid of all three. What we're basically saying is that I'm co-invested in you, you are co-invested in me, both as I'm giving you a gift, you're giving me a gift. For example, this time to us together that we have is a gift to one another. We've mm-hmm. just given each other a gift. Now, well, if that bears fruit, then we're both the beneficiaries. And if there's an exchange to be had, then the exchange is in that context. But because we can manage this complexity of data with the new technologies that we have, we can reframe this. And so that third project is called Pieces of Paradise, and we are calling it POPs. Mm-hmm. And people can actually uh, you know, purchase POPs, not purchase, but buy shares into, to creating a resilient new world that is visible within this one. You don't think it sounds a bit utopian, if I may ask? Yes, well, utopian in one sense, not in a negative way, but just in in a you know in a paradise kind of way, you know. It's a protopia versus a utopia. Okay. Utopia is a projection, right? Utopia is in the future, and this is utopia is, is part of the reason why we're, we're living through a projection-led economy, uh-huh. a projection-led uh, you know a propaganda-led uh, governance, uh, <laughs> where everything is everything is about in the future. Don't worry. There's hope. Just wait. You know, these two things are, you know, coming back full circle is in our consciousness all the time. Protopia is we're making this stuff together. We're both prosumers. We're both contributors. We're both investors. Uh, we're both con- consumers. We're both suppliers in different ways. Now, the complexity of what we bring to the table cannot m- be managed at a human scale, and this is where technology plays a huge role where you know you can contribute something to the network and the network can distribute that to where it's needed and you can trust the network because the network is unbiased uh, versus a network let's say like Google which you're only getting popular information that that fits the ad revenue model for Google sure it's really about managing that information where it's most effective and giving you just in time information to get out of the more and more crisis scenario that we'll find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And it's really about having kind of trusted accountability in those spaces. Well, we'll leave it at that. And um, I, I want to obviously thank you very much. It was a very interesting conversation. I actually really like it. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And and I hope uh, we can continue the conversation in the future and uh, and very much appreciate your time uh, and and presence. Okay, that was the podcast. Um, I will put all the links in the show notes. Um, you can find the latest news on podcast.earth. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in next time to Peter de Vries on a travel companion, the podcast where we talk about sustainability, responsible travel, wellness, and a lot of other things. Thank you. Thank you.